Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. So how's it going? We, we haven't all gotten together in a while. I was by myself last week. Yeah, how was that? Um, we're never gonna do that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club for you. It was, it was, uh, it was a little touch and go. Did people ask questions? People sent me questions. I read. I re-logged into Twitter for approximately two hours. That sounds and then like I not immediately, a good idea. I immediately re-logged out again. No, I, I said, mm. send me questions for the show. And I got a bunch of good questions. And then I attempted to answer them. And I'm pretty sure my answers are quite boring and uninteresting. <laughs> and I just sort of rambled for a long time. Which, I know, shocker. <laughs> who, could, who could see that happening? Probably better than you think. Who would have ever guessed? (laughs) So, so yeah, so that's how that went. It'll be coming out soon. It was an experiment. And like all experiments, it has a high likelihood of failure. (laughs) But it'll be entertaining either way. No, see, that's the problem. I don't think it will be. <laughs> like, I don't. I do not think it will be. It's not like a failure in like the kind of funny train wrecky kind of way. You know, it's not like it's not like sitting there watching Troll Two. Where you're like, oh, this is this is hilarious because it's so bad. You know, it's not the room, okay? <laughs> like, it's more like it's more like watching someone watch the room, but you don't get to watch the room. You're uh, just watching them watch the room by themselves. Oh, and it's not near as funny by yourself either. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they're smirking a little bit once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a little bit like that. That'll be fun. I I yeah. will get to laugh. No, that's, will, well, yeah. for me it will be like watching. That's room. what we do the show for. I've seen how the sauce is it's made to ensure that you get to laugh. Perfect. That's exactly what it's about, right? <laughs> so what have that's you been why doing? I'm here, Hannah. Since like I don't, I think it was last month when when we actually last talked. I know, right? Just working. I was at New York for a little bit for QCon. I sprained my ankle climbing, so there's that. Oh. You know, that was not fun. But it's getting better. Were you climbing, yeah. like, mountains or walls or... No, just in the gym, yeah. In a climbing gym. Oh, okay. So, things are good. Just busy. Um, getting ready for ElixirConf. I'm excited to see you all. Yes, just a month away, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. A little over it's, a month. It's, it's under, I think, at this point. It's under a month at this point. No, it's I, not, is it? It's over. I, getting close it's almost a month away the inflection point is rapidly approaching if it's not already past it so chris you're trying to get there early on monday i am wildly unprepared as per the huge so we'll see how that goes yeah it'll be all right i still have a lot of work to do too are you gonna be there on monday anna uh no okay you're gonna, gonna be there till later then i will be there before training begins so training's Tuesday. I don't know when. So I guess I'll be there Monday. The conference starts when? The actual Two, conference or training? Yeah. Actual conference is Thursday, right? Probably. I think that sounds yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Two days of training, Tuesday, Wednesday. Conference is Thursday, Friday. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out Monday and I'm not I'm planning on leaving Saturday sometime. I don't know. Since I'm driving though, I might stay and hang out with my brother. Oh, okay. I'm actually flying out uh, for a wedding. That'll be fine. Right after. Mm-hmm. In Chattanooga. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Is this someone I know? 
Uh, yeah, Allie. What? Allie's <laughs> getting married? Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you, wait, you live right by her and you don't know, but Anna... Dude, I don't leave my house. <laughs> like, that's not even a bit. This is, like, not a joke. Like, I, like, legitimately don't leave my house that often. <sighs> I'm sorry. The, the I most I, I, I leave my house is, like, I go run around my neighborhood and I don't think that that counts. No, probably no. not. I feel like leaving your house needs to constitute, you know, walk, like getting at least a mile away from the house. That's well, you, right. could, you could just walk further. <laughs> I guess I could. <laughs> yes, you, mathematically, you are correct. Just, just yeah, do, it, just do a 10 mile run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Probably. I'll be out in Chattanooga for a few days. Oh, nice. right. Are they getting well, married in front of the sponge display? No. That's too bad. <laughs> really a missed opportunity <laughs> right. hugely missed opportunity right there i i think yeah. if i lived in chattanooga i would that's what you would do in front of the sponge display or yeah. at least have wedding pictures in front of it getting every well the problem is getting everyone through tsa you know yeah. how you got to get your entire uh party list through tsa yeah that would be a little bit of a that, that was you're gonna do it impromptu just dive over tsa and run i mean it might be worth it the sponge <laughs> display is pretty majestic i i bet if you could talk to the right people at that airport you could make it happen Mm, okay just i just want one wedding picture in front of the sponge display in all of its glory Mm -hmm. and the little yellow kidney bean one it's wonderful yeah (laughs) oh my god i don't think they've ever i don't think they've changed the sponges like since i've lived here well, they're not, they're, they don't get wet in there, right? So you don't have to worry about them being like musty. And well, it also just indicates that, I mean, we've really perfected sponge technology at this point. <laughs> like, there's nowhere else to go. We've gone as high as we can. There's a ceiling on this, this sponge Is ceiling. Is there, or have we just decided we don't care? No, no, I really think that we've hit peak sponge. Peak sponge? Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're right there. Aren't you glad you came into the office for this, Anna? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, really good. Oh, I miss talking to you guys. I'm excited for the conference. Uh, me too. So, uh, what what are we going to do at the conference? Well, I know we have. I hear there's a lazy river. I hear there's a lazy oh, yeah. river conference. I think I think we can officially announce it since we've pre- <laughs> we've slowly let it leak for a while. I don't think what do you mean slowly? We've just been making jokes about it. <laughs> That's true. But but it's a thing now. It is a thing. It is a but thing. it's uh, endorsed. That's by right. basically all all the, the major thought leaders <laughs> in Elixir. So now now we're required of, to do all it. three of them have oh, endorsed wow. Lazy River Conf. The joke became a reality. Mm-hmm. Now we're now we're coerced into it. Yeah. Oh well. I'm pretty excited to to be eating pimento cheese sandwiches with everybody. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to decide whether we buy pimento cheese or make our own because there's just never enough Dukes. I don't think I've had pimento cheese. You're missing out. I know. It's good. But you go to the store on the way home. My kids, since since uh, we started talking we about it. What? It's like saying know. it's like saying you don't have grits. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, since since we started talking about pimento cheese, my kids have bought two tubs of pimento cheese. Oh, really? That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's like a, a lot. thing at our house now. That's like a whole lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a lot. <laughs> I, I, I have one son who eats turkey and pimento cheese. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. it really can. It's a really it's a good accessory for really any occasion. I would say. I'm thinking chili dogs with pimento cheese across the oh top. Oh my gosh! Now you got a stew going. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get just get it's all gotta, of it in there. It's got to be better than Cincinnati chili. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. It's um spaghetti, but it's chili. It's it, and then and then like that's a basically half a pound it. And it, of sh- and it has of like finely it has shredded a, cheese on top. Yeah, it has it has cheese, but it also what's the other? No, it has a um. Was it cinnamon? Does it have? It has cin- like a, I don't know. Yeah, it has like sugar or cinnamon in it. I don't know. It's I think it's cinnamon. It, the noodles. It has like a weird spice in so it. So mushy, I couldn't eat it. <laughs> it has a, it has a it has a specific spice in it. It's a Cincinnati and, thing. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You uh, should try it if you go to Cincinnati, and then you should never eat it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two different, and then and also like you, I don't know how I know this much about Cincinnati chili. Actually, I do know exactly how I know this much about <laughs> Cincinnati chili. How do you know chili. this much about Cincinnati chili? Because uh, Craig uh, oh, okay. <laughs> used to, to bring it up, but there's apparently two different, and also a uh, friend of the show, Greg, uh, talks about it. Uh, but there's apparently like two different restaurants that serve Cincinnati chili. Skyline. Skyline and some and Gold Star or like I think something like that. It's something like that. Some so, so there's another one and they compete. So it's a little bit like picking your taqueria in San Francisco. Like you 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 have for no other reason than it's a thing that you're supposed to do. You pick one that is yours <laughs> that you prefer, but you will never go eat there because it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff I had wasn't that bad. It was just it's just like it's. Spaghetti, but with chili that has cinnamon in it. If the noodles hadn't been cooked to the point that they yeah, see, almost became I think you became maybe mush. got a bad batch. Yeah, maybe. You I want don't a little know. al dente. Yeah, well, I would prefer with that with over, your noodles. over like a noodle that started out as angel hair mm-hmm. noodle, but now is the size of a shoelace. A little bit, <laughs> little bit al dente. <laughs> I'll let you continue discussing uh, Cincinnati chili. We should talk about something serious, but... Sorry, sorry, you never got there. It's all right. I'll talk to you all later. Have a great day, Anna. Bye. Bye. So I, I was, I suggested the scheduler, right? I don't want to talk about this. Let's not talk about the scheduler then. I don't want to talk about about that. Pick a different topic. Pick a good topic. (laughs) Try again, but do it better this time. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) My daughter quoted you the other day to me. That's my. uh, That's what I. That's what I say on pull requests. It was uh, comments as well. Get different, Try again, get, but get better. But better. <laughs> Perfect pull request. No comment. actionable feedback whatsoever. So my daughter quoted you the other day to me. Oh, she said, okay. "She said, get better dreams." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, that sounds like that jerk." Yep. <laughs> Your life is terrible. You should get better dreams. Uh, so, so I threw out a bunch of them uh, at you. We could talk about code reviews. No, that's scary. What is there to what is there to talk about with code review? <laughs> not being. You're gonna have to cut <laughs> all this out. We get, you pick a topic. Uh, pick a topic. You look. I'm too tired. My sons have been both out of like just not sleeping. I need you to. I need you to take the take the wheel. Amos, take the wheel. <laughs> all right. So uh, scheduling. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. I personally I- use Fantastical for all of my scheduling. 
<laughs> That's what we're talking about here, right? Perfect. <clears throat> All right. We won't talk about the scheduler today. I, I, think I would it's have nothing to, nothing Actually, to here, offer. Then, let's I talk don't have about... anything to offer on this subject. I well, intentionally I don't learn so, things. I know. We've so talked about Let's this. talk about that, though, because we, we did discuss it a little bit. I, I think learning the internals of, of the language uh, provides a lot of value. So I, I mentioned earlier when we were talking, and I guess I should mention it now since this is the show, uh, that when I was learning Ruby, I went and learned the internals to the object model and everything else in it. And it changed the way that I made decisions when I was working in Ruby. And uh, I think for the better, it wasn't just like performance stuff, but it allowed, it gave me a tool set, an understanding of the tool set that allowed me to make some decisions that probably would have taken me a lot longer to make had I not known how the internals work. And also it helped me a lot in debugging uh, because like when weird bugs would come up, I often could figure out why pretty quickly because I understood what was going on underneath. So when you got that nil exception, you were like, I've seen this before. Oh it's no! It, from it this was, specific place, it it was it was mostly Rails, so we just used try everywhere. There weren't nil exceptions. You, you had the everything. you have the like <laughs> what what is the what's the Rails ism that now got its own? It's like the the fast the, fail operator, with lonely the, operator. What's that looks, thing called? Looks like a lonely child. It's an ampersand. No, oh, is that what it is? Is that where you like if it's nil, you bail out? If it's nil, yeah, it just keeps. It, well, it just keeps returning nil. I think. I don't know if it actually right. bails out or if it just passes through. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Safe safe navigation. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's cool. I think I think that there's merit to learning a lot about the internals of certain things. And I but, think I think it I think it largely depends on what your motivation is. Like I don't think I don't think it's wrong. Let me put it this way. I don't think it's wrong for you to learn a whole bunch about the internals of Ruby. I mean, if that's a thing that makes you happy, go for it. You know, I mean, like who, who I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come to your house and tell you how to mow your lawn. You know, I mean, how do you spend your time? But so for why, me, why do you I, avoid I, it? I don't not avoid it. I, I don't say that you actively avoid it, but why, why is it, why is it not a thing for you? Cause that's interesting to me. Learning the internals of stuff. Yeah. Cause you, to, in all of our discussions, for the last what year, two years that we've known each other since Florida, mm-hmm. I've always felt that you were the kind of person that would was like me, and you would want to dig into all of that. So I'm curious as as why that's not in your motivation. I follow, I mean, a couple things with that. Well, number one, I follow my muse. So if if something seems fun, I'll pursue it. Like if it if it's fun for you to go look at how Ripper. Uh, is implemented inside of, you know, Ruby or whatever, <clears throat> then yeah, you should totally go do that because it's like, that's fascinating and interesting. And you'll probably learn stuff. Um, when I talk about like, I don't learn the internals of things. I don't spend a lot of time on that stuff as a rule because I just don't, what's the right way to put it? It's a little bit like the sure It's like a little bit Sherlock Holmes. Right? Who cares if the Earth goes around the Sun, or around, or around the the Moon, or around you know, or so, like what does he say? Like around and around some teddy bear. Like, how would that affect my life? A lot of the like 
really deep internal knowledge of stuff, mm-hmm. I just don't tend to dig into because I feel like it doesn't affect me. And I would rather maintain a sort of higher level like model for the world. And when it matters, I go dig into it. Like, and there's plenty of stuff that I know about Erlang and Elixir and all these like flags and all this kind of stuff. And actually, this is one of the indications to me that it's like it's probably time to start shaking it up a little bit. We we're talking about this earlier. Like, it's mm-hmm. probably time for me to start getting a little uncomfortable because I'm slipping into this pattern where I use Elixir for everything. That's probably not for me. That's that's a warning sign that I'm getting too complacent, I'm getting too comfortable with like my tools, and I'd rather expand my. Uh, horizons again a little bit. Oh, yeah, but fair. no, I just I just think like there's diminishing returns on that stuff. There's only so much time in the day. That's true. I get and that. like I'm bored with that. I think maybe in other in other runtimes it matters more. Like in Ruby, this kind of matters because you're so hamstrung constantly by all the terrible performance that you have. <laughs> like fair. I get that all y'all love Ruby, but like <laughs> I mean, like that, that thing is ridiculous and it's, it's hilarious that it ever became a language that people used in production because it's, it's not like, uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's just hilarious to me. And so I think like for that kind of stuff, you have to know a lot of the internals. Like it's helpful to know that the gill uh, unlocks if you're doing IO bound problems in Ruby. Right. So you can right. do multi-threaded IO and it mostly works because like the gill is like semi-intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, and knows that you're doing IO at that point. That's somewhat helpful. Like you kind of need to know that because you have a guilt. Like you're starting from a hamstrung position. Like you're starting from you're, you're starting from like the worst possible position you could be starting from. Right. And so you need to know these like hacks to make it go fast. Or like in Python, knowing that like list comprehensions are hyper optimized in the VM. And so if you can do everything as a list comprehension, you just get that much more performance. Like mm-hmm. that's useful. I think there's a certain class of people in problems who have to care about that stuff. And it's the same class of people who have to care about like the job, the, the JVM garbage collector. And they have to know how to like swap that out and tune it and you, you know, put plug in a different type of garbage collector for this use case because you're doing these kinds of things and you don't want to like you know, garbage collect this often or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think there's a class of people who do need to do that. And that is a useful skill for them. And I'm not here to tell anybody that that's like not a good use of their time. For me, I've never had to care about that ever. <laughs> I, I, I think that I just find it interesting. Sure. And then as I learn, it leads me to noticing certain things in the code that I write and changing the way that I write it because of that knowledge. I don't mm-hmm. go after that knowledge in order to get better. Now, the scheduler, I did a little bit because I thought the scheduler could be really important if, you, if you're if you trying to fine-tune something. Um, it could be. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, yes well, and no. I, I mean, mean, I'll say this. like Every time we've tried to do something to make the schedulers work better, we've like made it worse. Yeah, and, and so that's the other curious thing actually what got me looking at the scheduler was the uh somebody was talking about the reductions and mm-hmm. as and i actually didn't know what reductions meant so mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll, I'll define it in case other people out there don't know what that is so the scheduler has reductions that um it's like a counter with every process that you have and that counter gets incremented for every uh instruction that gets run and then after so many 
reductions if your process is taking too long. The scheduler will actually interrupt it and halt it and let somebody else have some time so that you don't starve your system out. But it, it's 2,000 reductions is is the default. And like, well, why 2,000? That's actually what got me looking was like, well, why? Mm-hmm. I still I still don't know why. <laughs> just just to be clear. But I've learned a whole lot in trying to to figure out why that number was picked. Sure. Well, I think there is benefit. I mean, I don't I don't want to you know, I I don't really feel that strongly about it, but I mean there is benefit to knowing that there are schedulers. There are in number of them per cores like you have dirty schedulers. How do those work? You know, like all these kinds of things, like how do NIFs work? You have to be underneath this like time window for in order to be preempted and all these kinds of things, right? Like mm-hmm. those are useful things to know because they help you out when you're trying to debug. When you're trying to debug certain things, you're trying to tune certain things. Like if I can shave 10 milliseconds off of something consistently, that's a big deal for me. Like that's a, that's a lot of, that's, there's a lot of there there. Um, yeah. That's not going to be true for everybody. But, you know, for a certain class of problems, it's useful to know that stuff. I just find that in my life, the things that I've really benefited from having are not exacting knowledge of the underlying thing. Like, it's not, hel- it's not as useful to me to know that the gill unlocks for I.O. sometimes that's not that useful to me. What's useful to me is to build a, it, like a mental image, like a mental rule set for how I think that that stuff works, like an intuition for it. That's like the much more useful thing because the problem, like for Lee, at least for me and my career and my career is obviously my career and it's not your career and it's not anybody else's career. It's just my career. But in my career and my set of circumstances and the kind of work that I've done, I just change too often. Like my technologies change too often. The, the 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 problems I'm trying to solve change too often. The things I'm working with change too often. And so you benefit a lot more by having a general idea of how this stuff works and by building a model around how it works and like really focusing on like how does this model like is my intuition about how this model works correct? And that's going to take you farther than knowing like hyper specific details about any one thing, unless your career is like JVM garbage tuner dude. Like there is a you know I'm sure Netflix employs an army of those people of like people who know how to tune JVM garbage collectors. Like, oh, probably. Like that that's a job somebody can have, and somebody's probably you know doing that job. And I'm not here to knock that job. I'm saying that's not my job. And it's much more useful for me to have a general intuition about this stuff, mm-hmm. which is obviously informed through experience. Like, I don't know actually how Python's gill works, but I have an intuition about how it works because I've dealt with Ruby's gill. And so, like, having those kinds of things, having those kinds of intuitions in your head, you know, understanding how threads work, like POSIX threads, like actually understanding how they work, understanding, like, how they work at like a machine level that's like gonna end up being more useful in the long run like having because you have an actual intuition about how these things are gonna like end up playing out and so when you start to dig into a new system you know you're really just like putting puzzle pieces together you're just sort of filling in the information you don't you don't have and it becomes much faster to fill in that information 
because you can sort of say like, well, I know it, like if I'm learning pony, mm-hmm. still, still the worst name language ever, but a really cool language, like a really interesting language. It's, it might be better than C++. You always make that joke and it's, I no, I, it. it really might be better. It's, it's more Googleable. Kind of. Kind of. Anyway, but if you're learning Pony and you're coming from Elixir, you can start to build an intuition about how Pony works under the hood, about how its schedules work, about how it utilizes its thread pools, all this kind of stuff. And you can start, and when you want to learn that stuff, when you actually run into a problem about it, now you can like Google it and you have like a place to start. So if you want to go look at that code, you kind of might have like an intuition about how it might work, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So I think that stuff is valuable. It's just that for me, I try to learn base concepts a lot. Like, I don't really want to learn libraries. I almost never want to learn a library. I think if we, if if anyone who's listening to this paired with me, they would be shocked at the amount of docs I have to look up for Ecto and for Phoenix and for all the built-in stuff every time I do something. Dash is like the only program that's always running on my computer. I have to look up <laughs> freaking the plug con documentation every time because <laughs> i have no idea what i'm actually doing like See, i'm it, such a fraud like i do not commit any of that to memory on purpose i i think that's fair and and i don't either when it comes to stuff like that but for some reason the internals intrigue me and and I, I think it's actually the things that I learn at the internals in my mind say this applies, you know, across all of Erlang or across all of Elixir. So it's, it's important. Like this is, I think I've mentioned this before uh, and it's, it's stupid and gains you very little performance, but if you have a function that uh, you're calling the first argument for that function is what is replaced with the result in the in the stack so if you're going to take the results of a function and pass it into another function right below it make it the first argument because it's already in the right place in the stack and so that you 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 have less instructions or i guess in that point less reductions cool (laughs) and it's ridiculous that's interesting that's like that's like that's interesting to know that I think if if that is like what you're optimizing for, I'm not. I'm not. It's just I know this now. So now a lot of my code, I don't consciously do it, but a lot of my code ends up being that way. Just out yeah. of habit. I mean, I guess I, I, everybody's going to have their own philosophy on this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I try not to get in depth in that stuff because I just would rather fill my brain up with other things. Like you only got so much room in there, you know. And so, I'm going to have to, it's like, I, you know, how, like, where am I going to put this? You know, what am I going to shuffle around? It's like all the, all the knowledge about Ruby's gill goes next to, you know, all the lyrics from Green Day's American Idiot. And like, I only got so much room in here and some of these things I can't get rid of. And like, I, you know, well, like they're going to be stuck in there forever now. Like, I don't want that. I want this thing to be, you know, lean and mean. So, like so I, what I things want, do you I want find? Only the relevant information in there. What do you find to be the relevant information? Because so, so right now we know we know that uh, you look up docs constantly. So do I, uh, mm-hmm. and and that the internals are not. So, what are the things that you go after to learn? I I almost always try to get back to like first principles for anything I'm learning. Oh, you mean like solid? I just had to see your face yeah. when I said that. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> 
Exactly. No, like we were talking about this earlier in our uh, super private secret channel oh, yeah. uh, about machine learning. And I was saying that I was, I was making the, I was complaining a little bit that a lot of the books about that are out there for doing ML stuff, specifically in Python, really suck at teaching you the basics of these things because everything in Python, like all that stuff is already built into a library somewhere. So, so, the, you get so they're like, teaching you the library. So they teach you libraries. Well, if I wanted to know how to like slap libraries together, I would just go do that. I don't need a book for this. I want you to teach me things from like first principles, you know, like I, I want to get down and do that because that's how I build intuitions about stuff. Um, so, you so know, I, like I, I feel like that, that's, that's better for me. I feel like that's similar to like, I guess, learning how the scheduler works. Sure. Is I, think beca- that's, be- I think that's a good example of that. Yeah. Okay. Just not not all the way down at the like nitty gritty detail level. I mean, if that's what you want to do, like that's fine. Well, I'm but asking, for me, I'm it's asking not, you. Yeah, for me, yeah. I'm just not interested. I, I just don't care that much. So it just doesn't affect it doesn't affect me enough. So to, high, to high level knowledge of of principles. Yeah, I feel like I have enough of an mm-hmm. intuition about how the scheduler works that if I really had a problem with it, I could go figure it out at this point. And then I would probably learn the specifics and then immediately forget them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, but like I have enough intuition about it that I'm not too worried about it. In the same way that having an intuition about, you know, a B tree, like how does a B tree get stored on disk? That's like way more interesting than how does Postgres use B trees? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the difference for me. Like, I don't give a crap how Postgres does it. Not really. Because that's not my job to like, I, I know how to explain, I know how to analyze, I know how to vacuum. Like, I, I don't really, I don't need much more than that. And being able to like read and, and explain and understand what it's saying to you, that's useful. But like, I don't really care to ever go look at how Postgres has implemented their B trees. So I, I guess for me, that like maybe looking at how Postgres implements B trees is a vehicle for me to understand more about B trees. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's, sure. it's that, just my that's vehicle. totally reasonable. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's totally reasonable. I just, if for data structures, I just pick up CLRS or one of those books. Piftus. But yeah. Piftus, <laughs> Piftus is only, only useful in s- specific applied scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called Okasaki too. Like, when did, I know. Like, I, I really, really resent the fact that you've given this book like a new name. I know. That's, I think that's partially why I keep calling it that. It's, it's but to, yeah. to build your resentment. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's building up his resentment meter <laughs> eventually. I'm, I'm uh, waiting for the blow up. Yeah. That'll be no, good I radio. Mean, for me, like I would rather read the paper and implement something and, and really understand it from those sorts of first principles. Fair enough. You know, data structure is the same thing. Like I try to keep, I try to keep a, you know, I, I, like, I try to have a decent set of knowledge about data structures, not like exhaustive and not, you know, I, like I don't, I, my, my goal in that is not to have memorized uh, an implementation of red black trees, a la some sort of like whiteboard test. That's not really my goal, but knowing what a red black tree is and what it's used for and specifically what the use cases for them are, that is very useful, you know, like, learning how to how a bloom filter works 
it doesn't matter that cuckoo filters are kind of better than bloom filters and bloom filters are a little bit old at this point. But like, if you know what a bloom filter is, that can inform solutions that you, you know, down the line. If you know how uh, a try works and how Levenstein distance works, like maybe now you can build like next time you have to do like some sort of search engine fuzzy matching thing you got, well, now you have like all the tools you need, right? Or you have some tools. Or or, or at least enough knowledge to know that those are the tools you need to reach for. Right. Well, how does, you know, like knowing how Monte Carlo works, like knowing how all these techniques and these analyses things work, mm -hmm. like these are all super useful things just to kind of know and, and not like have memorized, but to know that they're applicable to you. Like to know that, that they're in your head and you're like, all right, yeah, I've got, I've got a searching problem. How can I search? Like there's a bunch of ways to do searching problems. I wonder what I could pick right now that would be like really useful for my problem set and understanding a couple, like you don't need to know how to implement Monte Carlo methods. You just need to know that, you know, like what a Monte Carlo method is and like when you might want to use it. Right. You know, you don't need to know the difference between Las Vegas and Monte Carlo or you, rather you, you don't need to know how to implement like technically like Monte Carlo and Las Vegas. You just need to know what the differences are and when you pick one, right. you know, when do you pick a, uh, yeah, Adva exactly. advantages and drawbacks and and maybe high level, here's what good use cases are. Here's a few bad ones in your head. Mm -hmm. Right. Same with graphs, same with like all this kind of stuff. Like just have a, you want to build an intuition for those. The, to me, the things that have benefited me in my career are those things. Mm -hmm. Way more than I know how to make this library do this thing. So where do you go for that knowledge? It sounds like, Books and white papers. Mostly books. Mostly books. Yeah. Mo for me, mostly books. I, I'm very, I'm a very um, tactile learner, mm -hmm. which is, I guess, my fancy way of saying that um, I learn best by like drawing lots of pictures. And I don't know, for whatever reason, like holding the real book helps me a lot, like being able to thumb through pages and underline things and really work through those problems. Yeah. Agreed. That helps and me a lot. you have me now writing in my books. You've changed me in the last year. I was so against it, and now I do it all the time. Yeah, I kind of feel like books are made out of like crappy materials that aren't meant to last anyway. So you might as well just write in them. <laughs> I mean, no, like that's like true. legitimately, like I think like most books are printed on like terrible paper that's not you know going to last. So might yeah, as well write it's, it's not made to make it a hundred years, especially a tech book, and who cares? <laughs> right, it'll be outdated in a hundred years anyway. And then, and it's fun, like when you stumble upon someone else's book and you get to read their marginalia. Which, by the way, did you know that's what that's called? I didn't know that that was that's that's a term. Yeah, marginalia. I think uh, that, I think that's a show title. Uh, yeah, it might be. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> uh, yeah, like I find it really fun when you stumble upon those things and you get someone else's viewpoint into into like you know reading the book and seeing what what they had to say about it. Yeah, we have. Uh... We have a book here. It's like a late 1800s school book. Um, it's like a English literature book. And somebody had written all over in the margins. And it's it's super interesting to look through there. And it, I think to me, it's actually more interesting because I don't know who it is. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I would enjoy it as much if you handed me one of your books with your notes in there. Right, it's just, kind of more fun because it's a mystery. Like, who was this? Who owned this thing? Right, I'm like learning about that person. Where you, I'm like, I, I know Chris. I mean, I would love to read it, but it would be very different. <laughs> right, yeah, that's fascinating. I love that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I love. I just love that they have a word for that now. So that's me. I mean, that's that's what drives my thinking behind a lot of these things, you know. And it's one of the reasons why I'm just not compelled by. I'm not compelled to learn a lot of things about like, I'm not going to memorize like the Elixir standard library. Like this is not going to thing. It's not ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm not going to memorize anything about that kind of stuff, but I would, because I want to fill my brain up with other things because at the end of the day, those are the things that are most useful for my career, my job and my career. That's not a judgment on anybody else or like, how anybody else spends their time or what they want to fill their brain up with. But for me, that's, that's, that's how that works out. I think that's fair. I like with the core library, I just look for generally what should I reach to a module for? I like to know module names that I should be looking in. And then like, I like to know if it would be nice if I knew right away, I don't always do this, but like, should I go look at list or should I go look at Edom? (laughs) Like which, Mm -hmm. which one of these should I grab? Uh, it's it's nice when I know that right off the top of my head, but I don't know like which individual method and and what what it's gonna necessarily return. But but right. the elixir cards I still find are fun. Oh yeah, I love doing. <laughs> I love those. That but I love I love the I love trivia. Yeah, me too. Me too. After every elixir meetup here, we go to trivia night. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's that a lot of fun. Pretty, that sounds pretty dope. At a cash only place. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Maybe if you're in town one of these days, we'll, we'll go. I'll be in town eventually. They, they have the best burgers in town. Oh. I'll drive well, out to the Topeka ghetto and pick you up. <laughs> I just had to say that because my intern was talking about going to Topeka. <laughs> and and now it's a third world country. <laughs> it's just, it, it's not a third world country. We, we it's just offended just, people. It's just the city that time forgot. It is. It's. I. I. It's like it really hit. Cool. Like it hit. Like the late nineties, early thousands in Europe. They were like, you know what, guys? I think this is pretty good. <laughs> this is nice. Let's do this for. Let's do this for a while. They have a fantastic <laughs> farmers market. It's just I got to get out of bed really early to get there every weekend. Mm-hmm. They have one of the world's largest WalMarts. Really? That's that's the sum total of my knowledge about Topeka. I had no idea. Well, they have. Uh, oh, what's it called? The. Uh, the museum, not Dred Scott, mm-hmm. that's St. Louis. Yep, that one. That's St. Louis, Dred Scott, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever, moving on. I took my yep. kids there. It's the I know de- we have exactly one. I, I know we have exactly one listener who's in Topeka. There might be more, but like there's at least one. Who we've just Hi, totally offended. <laughs> He's not from there. Oh, so he, but you know, he might be offended by proxy. <laughs> should, should we call him out? Friend, no, friend, I said, friend, hey, hey, Jeff, friend, how's it going? Friend of the show, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Brown, Brown versus the Board of Education. That's the, yes, that, they have a really cool museum there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So go to that if you're in town and you haven't been there. I have not. So, and I'll be there eventually again. Cool. Anyway, we'll have to go what out you for got? some barbecue. That's about it. I've I've actually got a lunch meeting and and need to get out of here soon. Took us a while to get started, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Thanks for showing up. And thank you for showing up. And and we'll be uh, we'll have some um, secret swag at uh, at the swag uh, the conference the lazy river conference so yeah come, come I on think out. we are gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that come we're on gonna out. commit come on out and visit us 
some some of the swag might might not be completely free, but we promise it will be way lower than what what it's going to cost us. <laughs> yes, that's true. Should but, we just tell the people what what it is? All right, let's tell them. Yeah, wait. I mean, it's it's not that big a deal. There is one thing that's like a big deal. There's yeah. one thing that I have on my desk here that's a big. deal. But you still haven't sent me one. I'm a little dude. Upset don't even uh, just send me one. Okay, fine. I mean, I know you don't leave your house, but I know that your wife would be happy. I gotta to send, send every. It it's not just you who's missing them. It's everybody. It's because every- <laughs> <laughs> I suck. <laughs> I'm the worst. Oh man, can you can I, you put us in your? Uh, in I, your I, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say on the show. But I screw something else up too, like really badly with a friend, with a mutual friend of ours. I messed up. Like I messed up big time. It's bad. Well, you can say sorry. I've let so many things. I've let so many things drop. It's not good. Anyway, moving on. But yes, we will have, we will have some special, some, some super fun stuff, but this is not, this is the less super fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. You want to tell her I'm 10. No, no, this is, you're driving today. I am driving. take the wheel. Is that a country song? Yeah. <laughs> is that a cultural reference? Yeah, maybe. So we are putting together some Lazy River Conf t-shirts that feature Fats LaCroix floating in the Lazy River. You may be asking yourself, who is that? Because I'm pretty sure that's a Kansas City only joke. What? Yeah. Okay. So that's the the little the char- test tube char- character, the test tube outlaw on our on our logo little, little test tube boy <laughs> so so look for little test tubes all over at elixir conf and with that and those shirts and and shirts and we'll have shirts we'll have shirts shirts that's the goal we'll keep trying now we've we've committed to now it. now we've committed see that's yeah, the thing is like done. now now we're committed to it now we have to do it all right i'm ordering <laughs> all right <laughs> and i would say like for the shirts like what well like we accept donations we, that that's good. A free will not, donation, not expected, but accepted. And and we're also going to, uh, as long as you can buy it in Colorado, we are going to have pimento cheese sandwiches. Just saying. Done. Done. Maybe we'll get. Don't some. get any. Don't get any on your brand new T-shirt. That's right. But if you do, come by and I'll I'll eat it off. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Uh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye.